2: Welcome to Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Cogill, and today we take a look at Jordan Peele's new sci-fi thriller. It's called Nope, N-O-P-E. It's about modern-day cowboys, an alien invasion with a real flying saucer, and the chance to make a lot of money. Plus, what started with Game of Thrones has evolved into a new series called House of the Dragon on HBO. It's an elaborate, well-made ten-part season one that involves a young female heir to the throne a crazy uncle, and a king who just can't stand being single. Oh, and lots and lots of dragons.
3: I like dragons. I
2: like, I think there's 17 of them.
3: That's a good thing. Yeah. I'm Somalia Haley Hamilton Cogill, and Jordan Peele does it again, introducing a completely original yet somehow familiar concept with Nope. So we are pairing with a story filled wine from the Camus family called The Walking Fool. Wow, nice. And there are, um, is actually a House of Dragon wine on the shelves right now if you choose to partake in it, but we are not going to be pairing with that. Instead, we are going to pair with a really delicious wine from Trifethen Family Wines in Napa. It's called Dragon's Tooth.
2: Wow! (laughs) Trifethen always makes pretty good wine. They
3: make great wine, but first, uh, let's talk about Nope.
2: Okay, just some background on this. Nope is, you know, it came out a while ago, and now it's now streaming finally. We finally got to it. Uh, They call it a neo-Western sci-fi horror film. I don't know what that really means. But it's written, directed by, and co-produced by Jordan Peele, who I think is just one of the great filmmakers. And uh, Get Out is still to me one of the best films I've seen in the last 10, 15 years. Completely the film, original. It's completely original. Scared the daylights out of me. Had so much commentary about who we are and who we shouldn't be and how we treat others. And then, uh, But this is Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer. and Daniel's been in his films. And And they play a horse-wrangling brother and sister couple. So their family tradition has been to provide horses in Hollywood movies. And, And at some point, the business is really, really struggling. The father's died. That happens early in the film. And they're kind of struggling to make ends meet. And all of a sudden, they start seeing a weird formation in the sky and start to realize that there's a flying saucer up there coming down after them.
3: There's a cloud that doesn't move.
2: It doesn't move, but it's big. And there's all kinds of other things going on. There's a – Stephen Yoon plays, I love him, from Walking Dead. Yeah. And he's really just a fine actor too. And he's he's got a part as a guy that used to be a, a child actor that was on a kid show with a – with a chimpanzee that went crazy, Let's, yeah, yeah, D- just, don't give
3: it away, well, that's the opening scene <laughs> of the movie, and I'm not going to
2: give everything away, but he you know he's now running like a sideshow near them, and he's trying to buy their horses for his own
3: for his sideshow,
2: right, and it's all involved with a monster in a spaceship, and yeah. the spaceship kind of is the monster, and what what they're doing to it, and then the sister's really interesting because she's a mess. And she's trying to hold the family business together because the Daniel character hardly ever talks. He, she talks nonstop, this yes. hyper. And they when they realize, hey, that's that's a spaceship in that cloud. Let's get photographs of it and sell it and get real famous and make a lot of money doing it. So it's about that opportunity about trying to make a bunch of money. You know, I read some stuff about – I just read a few quotes from Jordan Peele. He wanted to tell the great American UFO story. I'm not sure he did that. Close Encounters is that. But it's an atypical alien film and he's trying to – he also uses a sense of history in his film because the opening scene is you see the first image on film of a black cowboy on a horse moving. It's an old black and white image. And the filmmaker who shot that became very famous. Nobody knows the name or ever even thought about the black cowboy on that horse. And that's what Jordan Peele does. He takes history, puts it in your face right now, and look who's been overlooked all these years. And, they're, and they're, you know, they're black cowboys who run a Hollywood business, and it's not doing very well because—
3: Nobody really has horses in movies anymore. Well, and they
2: just you know the, everything goes wrong when they do. But they but, but also nobody's really giving them opportunities much anymore right. either. So it's 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 a lot about that, and I, I find all of that really really interesting. And and uh, he, J- Jordan, this film is so well made, and in some ways he just he was quoted as saying, "I just wanted to make a spectacle." We were caught up in COVID. I just wanted to make a kind of a sci-fi alien movie and make a few comments here and there. It's not a big statement movie like Get Out. Mm -hmm. But there's little themes going on around here. And some of them I have to think about forever just to even connect them. And there's some crazy stuff. And it's a little bit scary. And it's got this violent opening sequence that's crazy that they spend more time on later. But I think it's really good. I I really liked Nope. I'm not sure I understand all of it. And I'm going to say this, it loves horses. Mm-hmm. It really does love horses. And I, I just want to put that, if you haven't seen this film, um, you know, horses are in danger, but it loves horses. Yeah. It really loves them. And well,
3: and I think that that's actually a part of the bigger conversation.
2: Said, part of the big conversation. And
3: yeah. and what's, where do you put value? Do you put um, value in, in animals that are helpless or... And someone who can make a decision, and the, I, I yeah, I I found that to be just very interesting, and, yeah. and you know I I'm always up for, for for saving the animals, and because they they don't have a choice in 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 the scenarios that they're put in, yeah, and I think that's the statement of the very first the very the very first scene, the stuff with the chimp, absolutely, yeah, um, you can't you can't. You can't put something that that isn't in the environment that it's supposed to be and think it's going to behave the way you want it to be.
2: Right. It's like that documentary, Grizzly. I love grizzly bears so much I'm going to go live with them. Yeah. And they eventually get eaten by a grizzly bear because yeah. they're stupid.
3: Yeah. It's. I mean, what? With you, can, the, you can't do who's that. Who's the Vegas guy? Sorry. I don't, you know. Yeah. The
2: I think they reference them in this they movie. They do, and it's yeah.
3: and it's a very accurate I think <laughs> reference. Yeah, it's, so
2: it's Siegfried and Roy. Yes, thank yeah, you. They so which is
3: which is you know it was very tragic, but you you know
2: I, I think it's one of the better films I've seen this year. Now I just like what Jordan Peele does, and and he bends my brain a little bit. Makes he, you think. He bent it. That's uh, awesome. Can we stop there? Yeah. Uh, thinking so it's uh, about three we or like four times. Films. That, well, we do, and uh, sometimes they're sm- much smarter than I am, and we you just have to try to figure it out. Yeah, and there's not an answer to everything. I think Jordan people would probably say, "Whatever you, whatever you dream Ooh. of my movie is
3: fine with me." It's an abstract painting. It could be. Yeah. I like that. So, um, I I'm kind of you know this is this is a fun pairing. I I'm kind of excited about. So they're in watching some of the um, scenes. There seemed to be a lot of very obvious uh, elements. I mean, it's kind of like what what was Stephen Yuen's character doing with the horses, yeah. and and why wasn't he ever going to be able to sell them back? And so, you know, you can kind of like, duh. But that wasn't. Um, but then there's a nice twist to it yes, because then there is the the horses actually are. Fate,
2: they're which, okay. They're okay. We want to let you know the horses are going to be okay. <laughs> horses <before>. are
3: okay. <laughs> um, but I. So I. There's a wine that's made um, the by Chuck Wagner, who is of Camus fame, Camus um, in Appa Valley's fame. Um, his daughter Jenny has kind of taken on a whole new project to um, to to kind of put her stamp on 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 the wine industry. And so she has a wine called the walking fool and the
2: walking fool.
3: And I, I kind of, it's, it's actually, it's a, it's an homage wine to her great, great grandfather, um, Johannes gloss, which the gloss name bell gloss is, was named yeah. after, um, her mother's side of the family. Um, so Johannes gloss settled on Howe mountain in 1881, um, became a homesteader, and um, and the family had one of you know the building for that he built up on Howell Mountain is one of the most historic um, now winery locations in the valley. Um, but he would walk down down Howl Mountain and and look for work and would just kind of be a, a day laborer and 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 work at different wineries and so it earned him the nickname
2: of the walking fool. Wow, that sounds like a James Taylor song. I know. He's a well, walking man. And
3: and I'm kind of wow. like do people think that about me cuz I walk so
2: much? <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> you're a
3: walking fool. Look at that look at that lady. No. But but it actually, you I know, think they envy it. if you if you look on the other side of it, um, they they called him the walking fool, but in in reality, I think he was the the smartest of them all. He was incredibly hardworking. He was incredibly devoted to his family. Um, the Wagner family today is is one of the most prominent in in all of of you know not just Napa but California winemaking, and and it's because of the hard work and and the dedication to. To you know, making things settling in a new area, making it work, surviving things like prohibition, you know, making it through to the ne- to the other side. I think it, it's kind of the most the most uh, poignant fact. I that, think
2: that's a great story. I mean, it's really it's about perseverance and being smart and hard work and, as you say, the pioneering spirit yeah. to just make it happen. I mean, there's no other way.
3: Yeah. And it's also kind of a fun blend. It's, um, it's, it's a Petit Syrah Zinfandel blend from Suicide Valley, which is kind of an up-and-coming um, emerging wine region in, in California, not far from Napa. So it's big and it's dense and it's powerful. And I think it's kind of a, a perfect
2: pairing. Just nope. like him. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Hey, good wine and good film. The Walkin' Fool and Nope. Yeah. That works for me. When we come back on Cogill One and Film a Perfect Pairing, a Game of Thrones prequel that features 17 different dragons over the season and some of the wildest behavior this side of the original, this 10-part series is called House of the Dragon, and we will be right back.
3: Welcome back to Cogill Wine and Film, a perfect pairing. Game of Thrones was a must see in our house, running on HBO for eight seasons. Yes. We did plan our Sundays around the series and then both felt a little sad when it was over. So we were excited to hear that they were going to create this. Prequel. Um, we we also have liked prequels. You know, Better Call Saul was was pretty yes. darn good. Pretty
2: darn good. Absolutely. And nominated for everything and never wins.
3: And didn't sadly went. But yeah. I think House of Dragon, House of the Dragon, pardon me, will yeah. um, will be nominated for quite a bit quite when a next bit. year's Emmys come around. So we've watched the first few um, episodes so far, Gary. What do you think?
2: Well, it takes place what two hundred years before uh you know, Game of Thrones took place. So they're leading up to it. It's 172 years or something like that before the birth of what is it, Daenerys uh, Targaryen? Targaryen, yes. Yeah. Uh, it portrays the be- beginning of the end of the House Targaryen, uh, the Targaryen War of Succession, known as the Dance of the Dragons. It's based on Fire and Blood, and these is it George Martin? I think that wrote the that created all of these things. Uh, the lead. Actress right now who plays her as a young woman is Amelia May Alcock. She and um, she's brand new and been in a few things and an Australian actress as she grows up in the series. Uh, it'll be played by a different actress later on because we're only into the first three or four parts now. And uh, um, and she has a crazy uncle, uh, that guy. And uh, so crazy uncle would be the king's brother, right? Yes, right, right. And uh, and and the king is crazy. King the King is
3: crazy. The,
2: you know, the king lost his wife. She lost her mom, and uh, she seems to be the only with, with one with any kind of sense of reality of what's really going on around her. A, a lot. Um, she's getting. There's a lot of people around the table that are, including Reese Iffens. Remember yes. Reese Ifans? Yes. He was the guy in the gnarly underwear in the Julia Roberts. That's when we first yeah, discovered him. Absolutely. Uh, Notting Hill. Yeah. He was a roommate yeah. in Notting Hill. And uh, I remember interviewing, I flew to London and interviewed recently, and he was just a gas. He was just so much <gasps> Hilarious. fun. Hilarious. But he's he, first real big stoic part for him. Um, he's, he's a complicated character. And everybody around that table has got all kinds of things to do, and they don't really want to have to deal with women. They just really don't want to have to deal with her.
3: Well, it's very, uh, you know, for someone who loves, um, history and and has read quite a bit of of, of historical uh, you know studied history my entire life and a diehard historical fiction fan I mean this is like Henry VIII kind of stuff it's um
2: this is very British monarchy stuff well it's in I some mean ways. It's,
3: it, absolutely because basically you know you 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 sell your daughter off to. Be, it's all about somebody's jockeying for power, and right. so it's who's gonna, you know, how does how does this benefit me, and how does this benefit, you know, my own intentions and my own goals and my own uh, perceptions. And you're right; the daughter is really the only one who seems to to um, not only not care about all of that, but also, you know, she will end up being the strongest one of, yeah. of them all.
2: She also flies dragons. Yeah. She flies she's just dragon flyer. Yeah. Yeah. And she's powerful. Well,
3: the uncle does too. I yeah. mean, he flies in on... He's on got
2: his own dragon his over in dra- another place. <laughs> and he's bad. He's bad.
3: He's, well, he wants, he, he's he been basically overlooked. Right. I mean, he's just trying, he's jockeying for power. It's space ba- instead of when women haven't been able to to take the the throne up until Mm -hmm. this point and so when um, the king's daughter has been named the heir and overlooking the brother which is likely who it would go to then yeah he he wants to take that for himself and he's going to do anything he can to get it
2: he's an interesting actor his name is matthew robert smith he's a british actor he's known for his roles in the 11th incarnation of the doctor who series Oh, he and, was In the uh, Crown, yeah, and he it was, was in the, he was Prince Philip yes. in the Crown. I mean, that's big time stuff. Yeah. And he he had a primetime he had an Emmy nomination for that. Um, one thing about Game of Thrones, I want to go back in in 2015. Game of Thrones set a record for winning the highest number of Emmy awards, primetime Emmys, for a series in a single year. It won 12 out of its 24 wow. nominations in 2015, and then in 2016. It became the most awarded series in Emmy history with a total of 38 wins. Wow. To date, for those eight seasons, Game of Thrones has won. And just think Better Call Saul has never won anything. And it's brilliant. Game of Thrones has won 272 Emmy Awards out of its 757 nominations. Wow. Where do you put 272 Emmys?
3: Well, yeah. luckily that's a very large Divided cast, yeah. so I hope they all got one.
2: You know, I think is it as good as Game of Thrones? Not yet, but it's on the level of it. It's it's technically on that level.
3: The nice thing that Game of Thrones did is, and and which made it a little hard to follow at times, but it introduced you to all all of these different kingdoms. This is just House Targaryen. Exactly, which actually opens up the possibility to then bring in every other, you know, every yeah. other part of of the kingdom. Are they all going to have their own spin off? <laughs> well, I, yeah,
2: and that, this I can go sense. on for years. Yeah, I mean, when you have long that Long after kind my of, lifetime. When
3: you have that much success, it makes sense to, to actually um, create something that can go on that and long. And
2: they've already—so this is a 10-part ten, ten season. They've already uh, okayed season two for this. That, uh, two episodes into it, they already it's already already booked for that. That's a lot, and this is very expensive stuff. I mean, per, pretty much at the time, Game of Thrones was the most expensive thing on television. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's pretty good. I am going to say that it's uh, it's so risque and so crazy, and it's so like it it pushes the ba- Game of Thrones pushed some boundaries. Oh yeah, and sometimes it shocked me so much. You know, that scene in Game of Thrones where they make her walk fully nude through the entire village village and castle was so disturbing to me to watch. It made a point. It It's great. But, man, it's hard. Some of this stuff is really, yeah. really hard to deal with. And uh, and partly because it's so darn good. It makes you
3: These think. These are
2: good actors. Yeah. And this is well-made stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we're not talking about, you know, loosey-goosey stuff.
3: I, I – I... I appreciate that there's smart content. I mean, yes. you know, we could just sit around and, and watch Below Deck all day, and I'd be just <laughs> fine with that. But it's also well, nice Euphoria
2: to, does that. Euphoria yeah, pushes really pushes the, the boundaries right. and the limits of. Oh my God, she's in there doing this, and I just well, and I want to rescue her as an actress, and it's they're, they're they all know what they're doing, right? And it serves a point.
3: It makes the it makes this year's Emmy Awards very interesting because though White Lotus was funny, I don't know that White it White Lotus was, wild. White Lotus was
2: raunchy. Really, really raunchy. And and
3: it won everything. So it's it's an interesting um discussion on on what is actually selling these days, on what is actually um popular and yeah. you know, I it's I like seeing smart content. I do too. And I like pairing with good wine, which is why, yeah. though, you know, I I love that the House of the Dragon wine is available and it's um, produced by the same group that also did the Game of Thrones wine that, you know, the Game of Thrones wines weren't terrible. They, they had a terrible. really great winemaker that came in and, and collaborated with um, that production. I haven't tried the House of the Dragon wine, so I'm not going to speak to how the quality of it is, but I am going to speak to the quality of our pairing, which is from Napa's Trefethan Family Winery. Um, they, um, The Trefethan family's matriarch was of Welsh descent. Um, so a handful of years ago, in honoring Catherine um, Trefethan, the family created Dragon's Tooth with a vigor v- Vygor. Vygor. So, thank you. So it has a red
2: dragon. <laughs>
3: that sounds better. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Um, it has the um, Welsh.
2: Get in my belly nail. <laughs> <laughs> so-,
3: <laughs> so it has a red dragon on the label, which is the symbol of Wales. Okay. So that's um, kind of the uh, – and, and I apologize to all of our listeners from Wales – That I can't pronounce your your symbol correctly. Um, It's beautiful. It is. It's a supple. It's luscious. It's full bodied. um, From the Oaknoll region within Napa Valley, lots of um, red cherry and black cherry um, notes. um, Some. Good, uh, kind of earthy, dried tobacco and dried fig. It's it's a beautiful wine, and it's it's a great wine to sip with the show. It's a great wine to sip with your steak dinner. It's a great yeah. wine to sip without anything. It's yeah, it's it's one we've enjoyed it a few times, and I'm, I'm you know I'm I'm excited that it could be the perfect pairing for
2: Trefethen Dragon's Tooth. Yeah, <laughs> that is so cool. Full-bodied and balanced. I'd like that idea. Next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing, we're going to take a deep dive into the new Lord of the Rings television series, which is on Amazon. It's called Rings of Power, and it's currently the most expensive television series ever made with a budget of just under A half a billion dollars. That's crazy. That is crazy.
3: I can't wait, Gary. That'll be a lot of fun, just like this was.
2: And with that, I'm Gary Kogel, and I'm always looking for the next great film.
3: I'm Haley Hamilton Kogel, always in search of a great glass
0: of wine.
2: Join us next time on Kogel Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.
0: Aloha. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets.